Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where somehow, someway, the Ravens found a way to lose what I would consider the first real loss, just totally kind of outplayed in many regards in this game. Although they were up for 59 (laughs) minutes and like 20 seconds of the game, uh, they did not manage to be ahead when the clock struck zero, which is what matters. So we got beat in the fourth quarter again, lost a 14-point lead, and uh, Cleveland now is right at our heels in the AFC North and makes the division much more interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that's about as uh, sobering as a way you could put it without getting uh, too emotional about it. Definitely an incredibly frustrating loss. It did not help that that was at home uh, to a divisional rival, to Cleveland nonetheless. Uh, the Ravens are 0-2 so far in their matchups with Deshaun Watson as a starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. You don't like to see that. And just a game that, you know, started off looking like it was going to be an easy roll. Very similar to the Colts game, very similar to the Steelers game. And once again, uh, we're in that spot. And it's, you know, it's the stuff we were talked about, stuff we talked about in the preview episode that we hope the Ravens would look out for, that this Browns team was going to come to fight. They did. Uh, We said that this isn't a game that the Ravens could look past to Cincinnati on. I'm not sure if that's what happened there, but it certainly did seem like it was not an effort put out by the Ravens that it seemed like it was their all in my opinion. Um, And you had a couple quotes come out after the game from uh, younger guys like Kyle Hamilton and Justin Matabike that makes you scratch your head as far as what the total effort was in that game for the Ravens. So yeah, frustrating loss overall. Um, Not much more to be said there. Just a bummer game and the Ravens are going to have to flush it quickly because you got a very important home game against Cincinnati uh, who also had their own emotional loss over the seat over the weekend uh, in just a few days. Yeah. It seems like this is a story. The 2023 Ravens just uh, blow out good teams, lose to ones. Uh, pardon my French, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, obviously the Browns played well. I think their, um, you know, their personnel, I think matched up well, kind of bullied the Ravens around a bit, uh, kind of beat them at their own game, to be honest. I mean, even at the end of the day, I think Watson did have a good second half, but, you know, you take some of those away. I think he looks very underwhelming. Uh, that first half from him was just atrocious. So, you know, yeah, yeah, a little bit more competent play from the defense in the second half. I think that game is easily in the Ravens' favor. Um, certainly the offense, I think there was a lot to be desired as well. Things were, were not clicking as they usually were. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, man. Losses suck. We talk about lost tokens. You only have so many of them. It, it really sucks to kind of uh, leave them out there for uh, for a team like Cleveland. Um, that's it. Walking, walking back to the car after that. Like, I mean, I could tell like everybody in the car, like we were just pissed. <laughs> like we were like, what do we just see? <laughs> even uh, even correspondent K fish, man. I uh, bless his soul. I feel like uh, we were going in the car. I felt like, you know, speeding a little bit, you know, I was like, Oh, he's ready to go home. <laughs> like, yeah, I can, I, I can feel, I can feel that energy. I was just like, yeah, nobody likes this man. And you know, what's worse is the lost token tax collector has come around and like taking an extra lost token from everybody because the thing division's too good. You're not allowed to lose that many games. Like we're trying to get, you know, first place, a home game. Uh, I mean, shoot, first place in the AFC would be nice, but it's tough. It's really tough this year. There's a lot of, uh, luckily, a lot of teams that are beating up on each other. There's a lot of good teams, and that results in, you know, kind of depressed records. 
but this is tough. And going back to your point, Chris, about Watson, what a tale of two games. The first nine passes, he had 19 yards and only one completion. And then the second half, he was literally perfect. 14 for 14, 134 yards, 16 rushing yards, and a touchdown. And that's tough. I mean, the way that the defense just completely folded in the second half is is incredible, honestly. Um, there were several third downs, and every single one of them were completed. They never um, didn't score on a drive. They always scored. Um, and that's not winning football. Uh, Yoshi sent this in our in our chat, and I want to give him credit because he, he looked them all up, but he had a third and fourth, a third and 11th, a third and two, third and one, a third and two, and they failed third and one, but they got the fourth, <laughs> you know, and uh, and then they, they only had the, the kneel they took at the end of the fourth quarter uh, on third down where they didn't succeed, but then they kick a field goal, so that's, that's kind of succeeding when you're winning, so yeah, tough times, man. Like, that's just the defense here, man, it's a story, I feel like, of the whole game. Uh, they just weren't able to keep up the intensity. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's kind of baffling, right? Like you said, Watson's first half was just atrocious. There's no other way to put it. Very first uh, throw that he had in the game, I mean, gosh, that's a that's a highlight for the ages for Kyle Hamilton right there. That was straight out of Ed Reed's playbook, got in the, uh, in the line of fire, jumped in front of it, batted it up, picked it up, and just ran in for the touchdown. And it looks like, you know, that was going to be the story of the game. Just the Ravens defense, just bullying the Browns, having their way. But the thing with this Browns team and the thing with any team going forward, and the Ravens are just going to have to realize this, is, you know, there's some teams that'll pack it in after you go up big and other teams that are going to keep fighting. And the Browns uh, just, they were not budging that entire game. Watson just kept throwing the balls till they stuck. And that's what happened in the second half. And, you know, I certainly hope in the team meetings this week, uh, the coaches, the the vets on the squad, you know, there's a there's a gut check there, you know, to just kind of just look at like, hey, you know, how this happened? What what is it that we did? Was this an effort question? Was this an execution question? Was this just, you know, the expectation that we were going to steamroll these guys and they just kept playing and just never laid down dead because, it just this loss to me comes down more to execution than uh, than the Browns winning the game again. Not to discount what they did because they did play very well throughout the game, but I feel like if the Ravens had played four quarters, and I don't think they did, they would have come out with the game with at least a three point win. Yeah, I know on the on the defensive side of the ball, I, I thought in the first half. Um, obviously you mentioned the Hamilton interception, what a great way to start the game. But, um, for the most part, I felt like in the first half things were, were there, right? Um, obviously, you know, like you talked about Watson's completion percentage and he was atrocious in the first half. Um, I think the only thing that was really a little bit of a concern that kept some drives alive was, uh, collapsing the pocket. I mean, we talked about how good this defensive line has been and just surrounding the quarterback and getting a ton of sacks. Um, they did get a few sacks, but, there are so many instances of just, you know, uh, everyone going around the tackles and leaving the middle of the pocket wide open and Watson being able to pick up first downs with his legs. And to me, that was something that was clear of like, okay, whatever the Ravens are doing here is not working. We need to, you know, have a spy or, you know, do something to be able to, you know, limit Watson's ability to escape. And it was a little bit concerning to me because it seemed to get worse in the second half. 
Um, Watson was still escaping the pocket. And not only that, but he was being more accurate. And then now you're kind of, you're, you're suffering of both ways. And I, I felt like that was a, a mismatch. I think the Ravens just, they weren't able to take advantage of it. And it stinks because it seemed very obvious from the first half. It's like you shut that down, you know, the back end keep playing the way it did. And you come out of that game with a win. But, you know, whatever they did or whatever they didn't do in that second half, I think that was a big key to the game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, given, you know, given this defense, given what they've done so far this year, like, I mean, frankly, it's unacceptable. And I think the guys, you know, the guys are going to think that too. Um, yeah, they got to limit it and they got to, they got to think fast because, uh, yeah, the Bengals are going to be a totally different challenge, uh, coming in this week. And, uh, going to be a lot more explosive. So um, you think the Browns did damage now. I think the Bengals have a, the capability to do a lot more. One thing that I noticed that I thought was really interesting with the Browns is that they used extra linemen often. Um, they had their backup center playing a fullback and also uh, just lining up sometimes as like a you know tight end essentially. And then they, all, they went double heavy once um, as well. And I felt like these lineups were particularly effective. They were just winning the physicality matchup in the trenches. And I thought that was um, indicative of how they weren't able to, you know, convert these third and shorts or like, you know, the defense wasn't able to stop them on third and short. They were able to always get, you know, just a couple yards, not that much, but enough to get a new set of downs and live another day. And I thought that was really interesting to see because no one's really tried to do that against the Ravens so far. Um, we all, we, the reason they're being so successful this year is that they're able to defend the run really effectively out of the nickel. And it seems as though, um, I think they did, you know, when they had brought an extra lineman, they, they went into base, but even still, they just weren't able to actually, um, you know, manage things. And I thought that was interesting. We know that the Browns have a good front, uh, you know, offensive line, but they were missing their tackles. And I thought that this would have been a different outcome. And uh, I think it's definitely disappointing. And honestly, when Matabike was, he seemed offended when they asked like, were you, were you out physical to the trenches? And I'm like, dude, like, I don't know. I think, I think your coaches might tell you you were. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> there was some push there. Uh, I think that we got we to gotta, we gotta clean it up, man. Like you said, uh, not too far. <laughs> the Bengals will be here uh, just a few hours, honestly. So got to get cleaned up. Yeah, I mean, the, the fortunate thing is, and I kind of mentioned this in the group chat before, but the, the Browns offense and their personnel is definitely unlike a lot in the league. Um, I mean, honestly, I mean, you think about it, they kind of copied the Ravens offense under Greg Roman and said, you know, hey, we're going to go heavy and we're going to rely on a really good run game um, built around a guy called Nick Chubb. Probably heard of him. He's pretty good. Um, obviously, he's not playing right now because of his injury, but uh, still, you know, the roster remains like that. So they've got a lot of guys, really heavy guys. Uh, they want to beat you in heavy personnel. Um, they've got some big tight ends as well. And, uh, you know, I, I can understand. Um, you know the Ravens. They've they've haven't lost to those teams historically, right? They've lost to the the teams that are more explosive, the Bengals, the the Chiefs, uh, the Bills, I guess to some extent. And so I can understand. You, you know we don't have to craft a roster to be able to fight that. Um, but that is kind of the good news, right? If that was part of the you know struggles for this Ravens team this week, um, you know there aren't that many more teams like that that they have to face even in the playoffs um you know we'll see what happens with the browns and everything but browns are probably the only team in the league that i can think of that really plays that type of offense so on the bright side you know yeah it didn't look great but you know it might not happen again if that was primarily the the, the issue um i think the the only thing that kind of puts me uh 
you know, would make me more concerned is, is if, you know, we start to see, you know, Hey, we're still having tackling issues. Hey, we're, we're still letting these teams in, which I guess to be fair, you know, other two losses were kind of like that, I guess. Um, but I, I'm willing to kind of uh, chalk this one up to, you know, I, 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 I do think that the physicality aspect of it was, was huge. Two plays in particular that I just want to mention real quick. Um, one play where it ended up being roughing the passer on Van Noy. Van Noy got <laughs> lit up by Cedric Tillman on a block, and he was just down for a few seconds. Eventually, they get up and then hit Watson, and they got roughing the passer. Uh, but that was not a play that I was like, you know, <laughs> not expecting. And that other play where Njoku got free and was just pushing Stone back. I mean, like that textbook, like out physical. <laughs> There are a handful of plays, I think, like that throughout the game that, uh, you know, frankly, I mean, that's what the tape don't lie. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it was a very physical matchup um, and we can play. I I think it's a good point to to, you know, point out that, hey, look, the Browns, they run a very different game than pretty much everyone else in the NFL does. My counter to that, though, is like. Maybe they were a little heavier today than they've been in the past few years, but they've always been heavy. That's what they've been doing the past five, six years. I feel like we should have had a better uh, counter to that. You know, again, we didn't highlight it in the in the preview to what I can remember, but it does feel kind of obvious. Like, hey, your tackles are backups in this game. You're going to be bringing in extra blockers, right? The, the big tight ends try something unique to help those guys out, but. Yeah, I mean, for me, this game, I think we can keep talking the X's and O's, and there's a lot to t- talk about that's worth it. But the main thing, I think, just comes down to just lack of effort. Um, tackling has not been a, an issue for the most part this year, and just everyone was missing tackles in the second half, like you were just mentioned there. Um, and it is interesting. You know, a couple weeks ago, Chris, uh, after the Cardinals game, I think you brought up, in retrospect, a really good point. At the time, I wasn't quite sure if I bought it, but you know, you mentioned like, hey, McBride had a really big game for Arizona in against us. Is that showing that maybe there's a weakness in this defense and covering the tight end? And, you know, looking back on the tape, I was like, well, you know, a lot of the looks that he got, he was pretty wide open. And, you know, when he was contested, we did a decent job with defending it. But I think this game showed that there's something to that, that the Ravens really haven't been challenged that much by the tight end this year, aside from Arizona and uh, this game with uh, Njoku. Um, Njoku himself, you could argue, is the single reason that the second half happened for the Browns because all all of his catches, you know, they weren't far down the field. The average depth of of target on those were not very long. Just a bunch of, of broken tackles, bunch of yak yards, bunch of just plowing through defenders and you got guys like Roquan Smith missing tackles that's never going to be a recipe for success so you know going forward I haven't taken a deep dive into what the Ravens tight end schedule looks like uh, from the opposition going forward but I think that's another thing that has kind of been exposed over the past couple of weeks as an area of improvement that this team needs to make which is um, figuring out a, a more surefire way of keeping receiving tight ends in check. Again, credit to Yoshi for coming up with it, but the air yards were just out of control for Njoku. I mean, 13, 10, 19, 12. Like, that's just unreal. And that 
that was, I think, one of the biggest, like you said, one of the biggest reasons we we struggled in this matchup. And also, like, I thought, kind of talking about tight ends, this is the safety work. Chris pointed out, too, when we were at the game, um, it seemed like Williams was not on his uh, assignments as well. We kind of lost whatever magic was going on back there and how well they were hanging off the zones. And honestly, the stats show it in a way that are kind of impressive. Uh, looking at Ken's breakdown on film study, in standard nickel, we only gave up 0.9 yards per play. Those are the packages with Millet on the field. Obviously, the smaller sample size, only 13 plays, but 49 plays in big nickel, it was 6.5 yards per play. And uh, that's uh, kind of what got us, I feel like. Part of me wonders if he's just not ready to be back out there. Yeah, I, I'm sure it'll go either way. I was actually, I, I was surprised you brought that up. I, like, I was debating on whether to bring that up in my head now or just maybe wait until another week. But um, I mean, obviously he's been on the lineup a lot this year. Um, tons of different injuries. So I think you have to have a little bit of um, time for him to get acclimated again. Just you know, get himself comfortable. As comfortable as he can be with all the injuries they have this year, by the way. But um but yeah, just I, I feel like in a game where we're giving up so much yak and tackling is poor, um, obviously he wasn't the only guy to have concerns with, right? I think Hamilton missed a few, although I think in general it looked pretty good. Stone was okay, although obviously getting pushed back by Joku on that one play, not great. But yeah, Williams right now just plays these very deep shells, um, which makes sense. You know, he, he's he's still still has uh, some good range back there. I think he can make the play on the ball, but I think that's just it. I think because of all of his injuries right now, um, I mean, frankly, you know, playing soft a little bit. I think he's just, you know, not going up to make tackles. I think he'll be in position, but then, you know, if you're, you know, a yard off from your guy and you're letting him run by you, like that's yak, you know, you got to, if you're safety playing 15 yards off the ball, <laughs> you go up there and, you put a shoulder in him, you wrap up, you make that tackle, you prevent any yak from anymore. But there are just tons of plays like that where I'm just like, man, like healthy Marcus, you would have made that play, but hindered Marcus, I don't love it. Like if he has to be the last guy uh, on the field, I think maybe he could do something, but I feel like right now he's kind of slowing some guys down, but he's not going to be the one to make a tackle. And it's really unfortunate. I'm just wondering, you know, over the next couple of weeks, like, is it going to get better or, you know, I, I, I'm honestly just wondering if he gets another injury and at this point and, you know, the Ravens just decided to shut him down because, you know, I just, I'm not sure how much, you know, better he's going to get this year with everything he's got. It's an interesting call, right? I mean, because when we, when he first got this injury, we talked the timetable, I mean, b- based on what we, you know, we saw others who have a knowledge of that. I mean, none of the three of us have, you know, actual medical knowledge, you know, <laughs> none of us went to medical school, but from what I can recall, what we were talking about, the general timetable for this injury was going to put him back on the field. And like, what was it like early to mid December? Right. So like that timetable didn't magically get sped up. That's, that's not how the healing process works. He's playing still injured. Um, he, he's found some method that's helping him work that out. But yeah, he's not going to be at 100%. And I can understand Marcus's um, desire to be on the field with the guys, of course. I mean, he's on the sideline. He's watching this defense um, be 
you know, in most cases dominant and from a secondary perspective, he's watching Geno Stone lead the league in interceptions. I mean, you know, he doesn't want to, that's the tough part there of the NFL. He's got the big contract, but he's still got to go out there and produce. So people, you know, coaches still know he can do it. But if I'm the coaching staff, I feel like, you know, with how our defense has been playing, how Geno has been able to pick up the slack, you know, you're, it feels like we're afforded the luxury of letting him rehab and get his body 100% for the a, a playoff stretch in my opinion now you know i'm not actually making the calls so i can't you know look at it at more than a hypothetical but yeah it feels like in a situation where your backup has stepped in and performed as as well as you could have hoped um in that case there really shouldn't be a need to rush him back Outside of, of course, you know, Marcus's understandable desire to get back out there on the field and compete as soon as he can. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, it's it, it's it's tricky. At the end of the day, um, you, you got to get him out there at some point. So, you know, whether it's now or against, you know, against the Bengals or, you know, whenever the next game is after that, like the Rams game or whatever, like. Just, just pick one, right? Like, if 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 this is if you know if if he just needs a game or two or however many to be able to get some of the rust off and feel a little bit more comfortable playing through the injury, knowing that he you know he could take a few hits and you know feels okay, like you know just pick a game, right? Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm just you know I'm I'm worried that this I'm worried that basically like one more it's like you shut down for good this year. I mean, and frankly, I mean you start to really have the conversation about. Uh, you know, contract and, you know, when can we cut the guy? Because, you know, it has been two years in a row with lots of injuries and, you know, credit to him, like personally, like playing through that, like that takes a lot of, you know, a lot of guts, a lot of toughness. Um, so absolutely no, um, <laughs> no shade being thrown in terms of like uh, just physical ability and just being able to get out there. Like it, it's admirable, but uh, just from like a, you know, just from a team perspective and just what we're seeing on the field, it's just like, you're looking at him and you're like, man, like, still really hobbled like you know it's a shame it's a shame we're not getting the full 100% Marcus yeah and you're gonna have to have him for a little bit the way the contract's structured uh it's not pretty at least one more year so it's I mean I'm not I'm not even trying to oh well I mean it's just before we move <laughs> off that I have to step in here and say that you're not cutting yeah, you're not Williams, you're not like, you're not cutting him I'm, <laughs> he, and, and financially or I think as a player but yeah it's it's it is it's just frustrating yeah. whenever <laughs> deals happen like this just want to make sure we're clear about that before going forward, because as great as Geno Stone has been, like Marcus Williams can will be even better whenever he's healthy again and ready to go. In my opinion, now maybe you could make the argument that like you know Geno's on a on a smaller contract and fake some way to to move on from Marcus from that perspective. But I mean, yeah, it, ceiling wise, Marcus, even though right now it's not it because he's not one hundred percent. Like this guy is has played very well he played very well last year when he was healthy so just want to make sure that we're, we're not i mean like mis- i mean like yeah there. i mean yeah i mean I, <laughs> I mean yes i hear what you're saying and like yes if he's healthy like yes i want a healthy marcus williams but you know it, it's all mood it depends on like the contract situation anyway like if there was an out ne- next year they're yeah. like oh will you save this yeah, there's, much money there's and just, there's just not you know it's, it's an option like, like seven million against <laughs> just knowing so. yeah yeah so like yeah. If, you know if that's the case not even worth it yeah but, no, you're gonna keep him but, next year for sure but Year after that, I guess it's like a little bit of a conversation. Um, save five million, but it's not much of a conversation. It's not until the last year. But anyways, yeah. like, yeah, I just I don't know. It's it's interesting to me. I think I was thinking about this today. I'm not sure what 
they can learn from this game exactly other than like hey like maybe keeping physical the whole game you know <laughs> like i don't know like that's what the the zones getting handed off you know gotta clean that up i don't know if there's any like major learnings or schematic things that we need to do other than just i think as peter said at the top execute better uh it's just a bummer you know oa almost saved the day he almost saved the game we've been talking about that with all all praises with that strip sack uh something we were kind of hoping would happen based on their tackle situation and uh teller just falls on it and it was one of those days and i don't know yeah i'm hoping they have a big bounce back but against the Bengals, it's all gonna be tempered you know it's all gonna be relative yeah, I mean, I, I think the big thing here is, I, I agree, this singular game, like we said, this is the first bad game the defense has played all year, and it was really a, just a bad half, right? The second half of the game. What's gonna, What you're going to have to see going forward is, did, did, did the Ravens show anything here that the Bengals are able to exploit, right? If we see some of the same problems that we saw in the second half come in the Bengals game, then you're starting to get a trend, right? One game... I mean, of course, we're getting emotional about this game. And, you know, you see all the emotional takes come out afterward. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone how to feel um, because I don't know how this season is going to end. But at the moment, I'm looking more at the whole of what this defense has done this year. And I I think that they've shown that they have a winning formula in place. Um, And just it just feels like, yeah, you just got to just got to execute for four quarters and like you said even with that effort they still almost stole the win but yeah I mean even if they did still come out with the win in this game in the end it's still a lesson in in just making sure that you have the execution for four quarters and even when you get up big which this team can do you still got to be wary uh, until until it's, it's late in the fourth quarter well, it's probably as good a time as any to go over the offense because I think, you know, that kind of ties into a lot of things we have talked about with the offense. They can get up big, um, keeping the leads sometimes a little bit difficult. And, uh, you know, something in the second half where just I think the first half they got up big and scored a lot of points. Second half, they did have a little bit of scoring, but I think at the very end, especially the you know fourth quarter, just not doing enough in terms of the run game to be able to grind out enough clock. You basically give the ball back to Cleveland, and at that point, they have all the time on their side. They end up, you know, going marching down the field and kicking a field goal as time expired. Ravens didn't have any more timeouts, so I think I feel like there's a lot I think to kind of learn from this game. I think statistically, just wasn't super great for everybody. Lamar obviously had two interceptions this game, uh, which didn't really look that great overall. Um, running game was. Eh, outside of Keaton Mitchell, um, you know, even Gus, I think, didn't have that many yards per carry. Um, Justice Hill didn't even have that many carries at, at all. And, uh, you know, receiving game, yeah, the yards look a little bit higher, but, you know, um, overall, I guess, you know, there are a lot of plays left on the field. So um, I don't know. Yeah, it was one of those where I feel like the offensive execution, honestly, it, it, it really felt like a game where, you know, the offense plays on schedule even if the defense wasn't playing too well, it really doesn't matter. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot from execution we can look at here too. I guess actually one thing I wanted to add real quick going to the defense is that Marlon isn't as hurt, hopefully, as uh, was originally feared when he fell off the mm-hmm. field. There is correlation to him getting injured and the score getting racked up, but I don't really think it was because of uh, Yassin or Darby's uh, ability to play. I mean, I think it was all 
a sin for what it's worth. Uh, let me just double check. Yeah. Um, it was all you said, not Darby. It was interesting, I feel like. But anyways, um, yeah, it, it just, I hope we dodged one there, obviously. Uh, it seems like it's day-to-day calf strain and not going to be the end of the world. But uh, going back to the offense, man, sheesh. I don't even know what to say about that either. It's another kind of weird game. The biggest surprise to me, I think, was Mark Andrews kind of being uh, not a major factor in this game. He uh, usually owns them. And he only had that one big catch. It was a great catch. We thought that was going to be the activation of Mark Andrews, and then that was kind of it. Yeah. Um, there were other opportunities. Uh, there were other opportunities where he was open. Um, but, they, I mean, there was other opportunities where other receivers were open, too. And, I mean, I haven't even done that much of a, of a look back. But the problem in this game uh, was just the Ravens just could not get a solid solid pockets uh, for Lamar to throw, you know, the, the same pockets that he had against Seattle against uh, Detroit. They just weren't there all day. Um, the Browns defensive line, their, their front seven, they were in the backfield constantly. Even when Lamar tried to scramble, there was not much room for that there. It just was a really poor showing. I mean, this line you already had Morgan Moses out going into the game uh, Makari did a, a fine job, but certainly he got bullied some as well. And then uh, Zeitler went out as the game went on. Stanley obviously was out before that, so you had Falele in there. It, it just as the game went on, just the pre- the protection just got worse and worse. And I mean, it, it, you just look at it right there. The injuries just way too many. And you know, obviously Lamar still has to throw the football even when the, the protection's not there, but. It's just a lot harder to do. You know, look at any quarterback in the league. They struggle. Everyone's going to do worse when they're under pressure. And that, when you're looking at the struggles for this offense in this game, that's what you got to look at first. Just unfortunately, despite the fact that the offensive line did a, a, a certainly fine job in Cleveland earlier this year, you know, that was more of an even footing matchup, I'd say. Um, the Browns defense definitely got the uh, upper hand in the matchup in the trenches this week. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a huge bummer. I mean the Ravens know the formula to beat this Browns defense is you have to have a good running game. You get to push those guys back, um, you know, take or take Garrett out of the play completely, make him a non-factor, and just tire those guys out. And really, um, you know, honestly, I mean, kudos to Cleveland for really tightening things up. Uh, when you look at you know the game prior to this one, uh, Ravens were very successful in the run game. This one, I mean, Gus Edwards, 11 carries, 24 yards. I mean, that's very uncharacteristic of Gus. Um, Justice Hill, two carries, seven yards. I mean, Keith Mitchell had the one big run, but otherwise only had three carries on the day, uh, which some people, I think, have asked about why you only get three carries, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it felt like they didn't really have any success on the on the ground game, and you know, the other thing too, I feel like another way to kind of beat them back is, you know, being able to hit some deep shots. Like, you don't have to hit them consistently. And obviously, it's really difficult just dealing with their pass rush. You can't hit on many of them. But even hitting a couple of deep shots, to be able to stretch their defense out and push them back, make them play back a little bit more. Another way to beat this defense. And, you know, that's, that's a little bit of concern with mine. I know I talked to you guys about that before of, the only consistent thing I think I'm seeing with the offense, or I guess consistent thing I'm not seeing with the offense is the deep passing game. And it gives me a little bit of worry. That's, you know, the one thing consistently throughout this whole season 
Lamar's been pretty inaccurate on in the deep passing game, and it just hasn't felt like we've had those explosive plays in the passing game. Um, obviously, with Keaton, you know, his last two weeks, I think we have that explosive element in the run game, and that's great. But from uh, from a deep passing game, just haven't been connecting on a lot of those plays and i really felt like this game could have used one or two of them to really open things up and you know unfortunately without that without a consistent run game you end up with this offense that you know can can score at times and other times just stall out yeah i think it's important we like really narrow the definition here of we're we're talking about like long air yard throws because the ravens like you know stat collectors out there will be like the ravens are doing great in explosive play rate but the problem is like Explosive plays don't mean, uh, you know, a dump off the um, <laughs> Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards. Like, you know, the distance. <laughs> or a right. slant, right. slant right. to OBJ. Yeah, we're, we're talking yeah. here about uh, the long air yard passes. Yeah. It's just, just been slightly off the mark and very painful, too, because I think there's a couple things at play here. So you had the missed to um, Zay, you know, maybe missed by a, a yard or two. That would have been a touchdown, you know, uh, and... What happened that drive? Well, unfortunately, a field goal got blocked. So that was a swing of seven points. And um, that that really hurts, obviously. But I think what hurts even more and maybe plays into why the run game was so terrible, only 60-some yards if you take out the one key run, um, is that I think teams know we're not going to try to do long passes when there's pressure. So what I've noticed is... There's been a couple times where Lamar has a guy, but he doesn't like with his last second of, of a clean pocket, he doesn't just like launch it and hope for the best. He tries to create with his feet, which is fine. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but I feel like he's not willing to pull the trigger on long pass plays unless they've really developed. This is something I've kind of noticed. I feel like he knows that he might be able to create with his feet. So rather than taking like a low percentage pass, he doesn't throw it there. But I think it also like, devalues that attempt and makes the defense not be they're not being as honest um so i think that's something that could be interesting in coaching is when do we say hey man like if you think you have it just like launch it rather than trying to create with your feet uh and trying to like live another day it's it's a difficult balance because like obviously extended plays are also part of his bread and butter um you know we we heard OC talk about it last week that scramble is his best his best play <laughs> and it's not even called you know so uh it's a it's a push and pull but there were a couple times including the last play of the game where he got sacked that if he just launched it Zay was open man like if he if he connects it, it might have been a touchdown like that's how much separation he had he had it, he had it yet again Bateman on the other side had it too but not as much um it's just stuff like that man where I'm just like maybe that's something we need to focus on is trying to hit those deep guys intentionally, even if if protection breaks down. It is something I feel like this offense is going to need to, um, to, to get better at, um, as the season goes on, you're 100% right. There is a ton of value in the play where Lamar, you know, just scrambles around and makes something happen. That's something that the Ravens have in their back pocket that, not a lot, a lot of teams can, I mean, more teams are able to do that now with, with more and more athletic quarterbacks coming out, but still, I mean, Lamar does it better than, than probably any other quarterback in the league. I mean, the only other ones we're probably talking about in the discussion there are Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, right? And I, I would argue he's, you know, 
more adept at that play than than they are, despite that they also can do some pretty amazing things too in that situation. But yeah, I mean, when you're looking at playoff football, um, those plays are great. But if you're in a game where, let's say, you're going up against the Bills or you're going up against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and you get into a situation where the defense just isn't able to stop those attacks because as good as a defense is, you're going up against an elite offense. Sometimes the elite offense gets the better hand, even against a Ravens defense. In that case, you're going to need to have be able to do the big um, air yard plays, right? You're going to need to be able to do several of those quickly to to keep pace in those types of games. And I think Lamar can do it, but like like you're saying, and I think you bring up a good point that I don't think I'd really thought about it quite from that angle. Of course, with his ability, he's going to try and do it, the scrambling because he knows that he can make something happen there. But yeah, the deep ball right now is just so rusty. And I think the the um, the throw to Bateman that was the first interception basically says everything that you need to know about the state of the, the deep mm-hmm. passing game right now. It's just out of sync. Um, and just hopefully something that they can focus on you got two more games till the bye week. Hopefully during the bye week, that's going to be a point of emphasis. But yeah, two important games against two offenses that you may need to be in, in shootouts to keep pace with against. So it's it's going to be critical in the coming games. I think another thing that's kind of like troubling about the whole setup is that they were playing cover one a lot. That's like something where you can really attack the boundaries, attack the, the sideline and try to get that big play. Um. So like they had the cu- they had the looks to take a shot that were like not too risky, right? And that I think that's what makes me burn a little bit more is like when you go up to the line, single high, super clear, and no one drops. They're coming at you. You have people in your face. Like you should be able to trust that your guy's going to be there. And I think that's something that they definitely should work on. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. B- Bateman's getting the looks. Like that. That was completely obvious to me at the stadium last week or two weeks ago against Seattle, like he's beating the coverage. You know, if they can connect on that, that that's there. Like Bateman will be able to make those plays. <laughs> it made me laugh because basically every time Alec was set a play on the field, if, if there's not a safety in Bateman's <laughs> side of the field, he's like, Bates open. <laughs> the play hasn't even started yet. He hasn't even snapped the ball. He's like, nah, he's open. I, I was surprised I had to, had to add that on to his take. I thought he was going to do it. Bates but always just, open. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Always, I had, to, I had to put that in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Yeah, it, it, it's. I mean, I definitely agree with you guys. It's got to be a point of emphasis for this team, though. Um, going into the bye week, it. Uh, yeah, it's it just you know, it's it's one of those you know schematically, it's like that's you know the run game's not working. Like that's the way to attack it. And uh, you know, we know Lamar's got the arm strength. Um, we know the guys have the ability. We just we're, we're definitely not hitting enough of those. So um, it's got to happen one way or the other. So I feel like the only other thing I wanted uh, I wanted to talk about um, for the offense was um, I guess for Keaton just um, you know do we think his hamstrings acting up and you know what do we kind of think with with him you know kind of not being a, a factor in the second half of the game um, you know was it you know was it something from, I, I feel like it couldn't have been like you know play related I mean obviously he dropped the wheel route in the end zone but like you know. It would have been a big play if he did make it, but I mean, it wasn't one of those where I'm like, man, you had to have that. Like, we're not playing you. Doesn't really make too much sense. Injury's got to be the only one for me that really kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I agree. That was a tough play. That was a tough play for any player to make. Um, so I, I, I would doubt he got benched for that. Harbaugh was asked that question specifically at the press conference um, afterwards, and he said something along the lines of, you know, that that was just the way that it went as far as play calling. He said it wasn't injury related. It was just the game. I, I Reading between the lines, it was just that the game, he wasn't in the game plan going forward from that, which is kind of curious because, you know, we saw against Seattle it, it, in this game against Cleveland, they really just seemed to be out there for like, there seemed to be a Keaton package, right? Mm-hmm. When he was out, yeah. when he was out there, the play was going to him. You know, it, it was schemed up for him to, to to do something with the football. Um, but against Seattle, we saw him go in there and take multiple carries and have a lot of success. Granted, of course, that was at a time when the Ravens were up by multiple scores, and Seattle wasn't showing any life back. So I don't know. Maybe it's a trust thing. Maybe they just don't trust him yet being a, a rookie in that situation, um, which still is odd. I don't know. It, it, it was odd. He's clearly a playmaker. It feels like, you know, give him a try in the actual offense. You don't need to um, just have him in as a gimmick, but certainly curious and something to to watch going forward. I don't think it had an impact on whether or not the Ravens won or lost uh, the game, but certainly we all want to see Keaton get, get more touches going forward. Yeah. Maybe a pass blocking thing. Well, as well, could be. Yeah, that could be that. Yeah, it's, it certainly could be pass blocking. I think it's it's curious that Harb says like something along the lines of like you know we're trying to like ease him in. He's a rookie, and I'm like, surely he knows the playbook, right? So then the question comes down to like, do you trust him to to run the plays? And I don't know, man. Like I feel like running backs have been running these plays their whole life. It's one thing for maybe some of the passing plays, but even still, like, come on, man. I I just. I, I, that that kind of trust thing kind of kills me a little bit because I don't feel like they're asking running backs specifically to do anything too crazy. I mean, it's kind of like a lineman, right? Could you imagine telling a lineman, oh, he doesn't know the whole playbook yet? We're going we're to sell him out for certain plays? Like, they don't do that because they expect linemen to know everything. And I just, I just kind of blows my mind that they uh, that they have that kind of a approach with Keen at the moment. So I hope that, you know, they test that his knowledge of the playbook is robust and they put him in there. And they let him, you know, let him cook because he is explosive. It's undeniable. And he gives the offense a spark that I would kind of push back. It's like that guy, good things happen when he's on the field and involved. And I think the more that happens, the more good things happen, the more we score, like that's all goodness. So until proven otherwise, like I feel like Kane Mitchell is somebody that needs to get more and more touches until, you know, it feels like we should dial it back. Speaking on touches, OBJ he made the most of his touch. He got that slant to the house, but his touches were way down and Bateman's were way up. So they like listened on that one. So, you know, the one winning pod bump is occurring. <laughs> we're starting to see our influence, man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, could be. I think also that was kind of the obvious route of, of playing going forward, given, you know, what we've seen from, I, I don't think it was a unique take at yeah. all, but hey, sure. <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll give us credit there <laughs> until someone refutes that. <laughs> so, uh, OBJ, you're going to be working on uh, putting that football high in sight now? Oh, my gosh. Let's hope that bump uh, happen, <laughs> happens, <laughs> right. happens next. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I support that bump. Once, once Bateman... Yeah. Once Bateman has has a game with double-digit targets, then we'll really know that they're listening. Uh, <laughs> odd. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, I thought that was cool, though. I mean... There's a lot of talk about the olive jar with Zay when he got his first touchdown and 
they're still shaking it. But uh, for OBJ, it's been a been a little bit of a waterfall, you know. So who knows? Maybe there'll be another touchdown next week. Love to see it. Just love to see a win. <laughs> Just love to see a win. I I don't think the Ravens are in must win territory yet, but I think we're in. This game coming up is would would be a, a very big depressive bummer if they lose, dude. That's for it. Sure. Would be yeah. It it would it would not be it would not be fun. I I do feel like at the end of the day, like I, obviously the AFC North, I think it's a good division, but like I, I'm just having a hard time seeing the Steelers and the Browns. Like I, I feel like they have to drop a few more games. Like I yeah. I, I don't see this division having like you know four teams that have more than. 10 wins yeah the, the math is certainly not on the uh on the Steelers side that's for certain yeah so I don't know if you guys remember I, I was um thinking back on this a little bit um uh 2014 around this time like I'm pretty sure the AFC North um set a record for the highest win percentage collectively of a division um at that point because all, all four teams had a winning record I can't look back at this position. I feel like at one point, at this point last year, it was like the Steelers were eight and two, and everyone else was seven and three. Us, Cincinnati, and Cleveland. So it's feeling a little bit like that. But um, yeah, I mean, how that ended. I mean, obviously, we made the playoffs, and then it was uh, Pittsburgh because we were in Pittsburgh. But I don't, I don't think Cincy or Cleveland definitely didn't. Cleveland fell off a cliff that year. I remember that. For uh, yeah, twenty fourteen. Yeah. 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 Let's see what were the final standings. Final standings were Pittsburgh eleven and five, Cincinnati ten five and one, us ten and six, and then oh gosh, Cleveland went on a six game loss streak to to finish the season at seven and nine. So okay, since he did make the playoffs that year, so he did have three teams from the North in twenty fourteen. That that uh, division though was was also helped by I think we all of us collectively may have swept the NFC South. The NFC South was just awful that year. <laughs> And we were we were paired up with them. Oh, so you're like the seven and nine team made the playoffs, right? Seven, eight, and one Carolina Panthers won that division. <laughs> yep. Ah, uh, that's that's the yeah, year. I can't yeah, even give them yeah. the nine. <laughs> <laughs> they had to tie it. <laughs> yep, that was whew. that was, that a, was year. a year. They even won their playoff game, didn't they? Wasn't yeah, I think they the did. Game? Actually, the Vikings missed a field goal or something like that. That was like what I, I remember so. is like. They like also snuck a win in the playoffs. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. If you expand the postseason enough, crazy stuff happens. That was also um, Beastquake Seahawks. They were seven and nine. Oh wow! Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, they... that game where uh, where Marshawn Lynch scored that that touchdown while there was a, a minor earthquake going on. Apparently, that was a uh, that they were they were seven and nine. Beat the Saints. So just get into the <laughs> postseason, man. Just get in the postseason. Anything can happen. That's definitely true. I think in order to get to the postseason, we got to get our tackle situation figured out. Uh, with Moses down and yes. then Stanley getting hurt mid-game, apparently week to week, so or day to day. So that's interesting. Hopefully he's okay. Um, designated as a knee injury, but he uh, he got rolled over, man. And then you had Falele. That was actually the biggest surprise to me was that Falele played left and McCarry played right. They didn't flip him. I, I thought surely they would flip him. And, uh, yeah, that was tough. I think maybe this week they flip them if uh, they know going in that to be the case. But it was definitely a very, very interesting uh, turn of events. And even though we are going to see a uh, 
Bengals team that might have some injuries on their defensive line that, you know, or uh, defensive front that might make it less scary. Having backups is, at tackle is always scary. Uh, there's such a drop-off in the NFL <laughs> when your backups come in that, uh, you know, we're, we're spoiled by McCarry, but we're reminded by Philele. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that that was just a call. They just wanted to keep McCarry at right because that's where he had been during the game. Um, so they felt that, that was best for continuity. And then, I mean, when Zeitler went down, you know, have some more vet presence on the right side. But we'll see. We'll see what, what they do against the Bengals. Special teams? We want to talk special teams? Yeah. You had double agent James Prochet trying to make us win the game. I thought that we were going to win it after that. We, we scored a touchdown, by the way, after that. It took 11 plays to get 17 yards. There were so many penalties, so much trash. And, like, honestly, probably the most embarrassing thing I've seen the Ravens do all year was scoring a touchdown after all that crap. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is the reason that you lost the game, guys. Like, if it takes you 11 plays, charity of, of penalties, and, <laughs> you know, to get 17 yards and a touchdown, like, come on, man. Like, that was, I felt like that was the sum of the whole offensive performance. Just, really poor but uh appreciate double agent O'Shea. uh him and Duve like stare off like that was wild <laughs> same draft class <laughs> fighting for snaps their whole life <laughs> like just it's a storyline yeah that was uh almost cinematic uh, that that happened there that was that was crazy man ah but um yeah so that was a plus on special teams unfortunately for the rest of the special teams um I don't feel like Stout was the sharpest he'd been. Had a couple uh, touchbacks. Didn't really have any any punts of of note from what I can recall. He might have. I just the ones that sailed in the end zone just stuck um, stronger in my mind for whatever reason. And of course, unfortunately, we had a, another block uh, kick by Tucker. You know, we started talking about this uh, after the Arizona game. Is that something that's on? Tucker's launch angle is that something that's just uh, something we're an issue we're having with the the that team um, the blocking team over the past two years. Not sure, but certainly um, pretty frustrating to see because we know that Tucker still has the accuracy to do it. Um, he still hasn't missed from under fifty this year. Has missed very few. I'd have to go back and look at the numbers, but it's in the very low um, digits of kicks he's missed under fifty yards over the past few seasons. Just having some some difficulty, just way too many blocks over the pa- past two years. Um, we might be up, are we up to five? I think it might be up to five at this point. Yeah, I believe so. And it's, it doesn't help when they do an overloaded front and then the guys just don't account for the players properly. Um, with block, easy block, you know? <laughs> if you whip a block up line, on the line, it's pretty easy for them to block the kick. And that's what we saw. And again, you know, those points really matter. <laughs> they really matter. We didn't get the touchdown from Zay. We didn't get the field goal there. You lose by two. Feels bad, man. I mean, they missed their own field goal, so maybe it's a tie. Maybe you go to overtime. But it's just uh, this, these are the ways that you beat yourself. Uh, but also, like I said at the top, felt like the Browns just played really well in this game. Tip your hat. And it's uh, it's a learning moment for this team, no doubt. Well, with that, we come to our section. We don't want to be here, but we have to do it anyway. Uh, moral victory awards. And... Uh, you know what? I, I feel like I'll go first, but I feel like I got to give it to the guy you just mentioned, uh, Double Asian Zero Prochet. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for muffing that kick. Um, it was a huge play. Uh, obviously, 
you know, I, I could give it to Duvernay too uh, for an awesome recovery, um, despite the, uh, the <laughs> despite the laundry and the offense uh, slugging it in to, to finally get that touchdown afterwards. Uh, it was a huge play. Um, I agree with you, Alec. It could have really changed the game around. But uh, alas, it wasn't to be. But but still, thanks. Uh, thanks for thinking of us, Brochet. <laughs> Man, I do feel for the guy, though. I mean, jokes aside, like that can't be fun. That can't be fun uh, to just continually have that happen. Um, hopefully, seeing a, a sports therapist or something because I he did he did not. The camera really lingered on him during the broadcast after that play, and um, yeah, he did not look good. Um, so hopefully everything's can be is going to be okay with him. But um, for my moral victory award, uh, you got to give it to Kyle Hamilton, right? I mean, even if it's just that play, um, that's a play that's going to be shown on his highlight reel, reel throughout his career. Very Ed Reed reminiscent there. Uh, just an absolute uh, highlight play. And I, you know, he had a decent game uh, throughout the rest of it. Um, I think, really, honestly, you could say everyone on the defense had a, a good a good game. It was just, I think the problem in this game was just, just not every play in the second half. It seemed like someone messed up, even if they played well, the rest of it. So Hamilton gets mine uh, for this week. Uh, you got to give it to him after that play. Uh, he put that play on film. Totally. And and here's, here's one for our listeners. I got yelled at apparently for not sharing this better, but Hamilton, uh, <laughs> if you, if you bet his tackles in a game has hit a lot this year. <laughs> So it usually only pops up on Sunday. It's like pretty late in the in the process. Go on there, put some shingles on uh on his tackling number over, and you'll be happy, most likely, if things continue. My moral victory goes to OA. Almost, man. Almost OA, but not almost. He actually got the strip sack, but that darn oblong caught a football. Just didn't bounce the way we were hoping for. And uh I thought I thought he played pretty well. I saw a couple good spins. I think that's clearly his new move that he added to the repertoire. And he's, uh, I think he's on the uptick, man. Keep an eye out for him against uh, good old Orlando Brown next game. The classic trade, right? So uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see uh, if he uh, yeah, is able to succeed. Able to, able to get the best of him. Always looking forward to that. So with that, of course, we'll be talking about the Bengals. Very quick turnaround. Love that for editing purposes. Uh, but we'll be back with Justin later in the week to talk about this matchup. A must-win game for the Ravens at the bank. It's blackout. Wear your uh, you know, black Ravens attire. And all three of us will be in attendance, which is always a great thing. Alice is going to be there, too. So that She hasn't been there since 2019. she got to get a win for Alice. Yep. All right? So that's 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 the more <laughs> coincidentally uh, not since it was the uh, it was the Bengals game no in 2019. There you go. So. We gotta get the yep. win. A lot has happened <laughs> since then. Oh, oh, so true, my friend. <laughs> well, we'll be back later in the week to talk about it. <laughs> go Ravens.